The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You know what? We all need uh, something to put on our smile. Uh, put a smile on our face right now because let's be honest, 2020 has been one heck of a year, hasn't it? Uh, a seemingly never ending and at times overwhelming news cycle, all within the back uh, backdrop of a pandemic that we're all trying to figure our ways through. How are you holding up with that? And uh, and I and I ask that question honestly because uh, you know I'll be honest with you, some days it's been a real struggle, uh, you know, around here. So I hope you're doing okay. Um, it's, it's interesting that a survey of those of you who reached out for help over the past six months suggest the pandemic and its repercussions are taking a toll on our mental health. And I, I'm not sure that that is, you know, super surprising. But when you take a closer look at, um, at how we're feeling, you might be a little more surprised. Now, at the end of March, you'll remember that Alberta Health Services launched Text for Hope, a text-based program that set out uh, encouraging messages to those who had signed up. And I and I signed up for it. Those people were also asked to check in and answer some questions about how they were feeling over the past months. And now we have some answers. Dr. Vincent Egupong is a University of Alberta a psychiatry clinical professor and the project lead of the Text for Hel- uh, Hope service. Doctor, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you very, very much. It, it is uh, it is good to check in with you on this. So, if you were to look at this, you know, overall, you know, and so over this program went for six months. During it, people were asked to check in. Um, how surprised or not surprised uh, were you with what you with what you heard with what you found? Well, so we have just a preliminary data that's examining uh, the baseline. A survey that people complete when they sign into the program. Uh, the program is for three months, and they do a check-in at six weeks, and then we also do a check-in again at the three months mark as they exit the program. So the baseline data is actually showing that people are definitely uh, experiencing very high levels of stress, anxiety, depression, but uh, related to that, people are also having what we call new onset of obsessive compulsive uh, symptoms. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, what you just brought up. So um, one of the things you found is that nearly 50% were considered likely candidates for anxiety disorders, and more than 40% were likely clinically depressed. Now, tell me about those numbers, and, and how did you figure that out, and, and what does that mean? Well, it's not uncommon or unusual for people to feel a bit anxious or a bit depressed or a bit stressed when something bad happens. And we all know that the COVID pandemic has uh, affected the way of life of almost every uh, citizen, not just in Alberta, but Canada and probably very much globally. People's ways of life have been disrupted. There are many people who've lost their jobs. You know, there are schools that were shut down. People couldn't finish their exit exam. People that were hoping to get a summer job had their hopes dashed. And the people that had booked vacations and holidays could not go ahead with their plans. So there was generally a sense of uh, confusion amongst many, many people as a result of the disruption uh, from the COVID pandemic. But one would really expect that it would not be so severe 
And uh, in particular, even if it's uh, it's severe, it's probably not going to be uh, longer lasting. We are seeing levels of anxiety and depression and stress, which are very much consistent with levels which are being reported in other jurisdictions as well, like they've done some studies in China and, and Italy and other places. So, so, so it actually speaks to the fact that these are very high levels of stress, you know, stressful times that, that people are going through in Alberta. And doctor, when you talk about uh, this number that 40% were likely clinically depressed, can you explain what clinically depressed means and and if and if that's the case, what we should be doing about some of this stuff? Yeah, so I mean, you know, we do have some scales, we call them rating scales. And these are very clinically indicative, so they are not diagnostic of, for example, a major depressive disorder or a generalized anxiety disorder. If you are scoring within a certain range, then it means that there's a very high likelihood that you may be clinically depressed. So usually to confirm the diagnosis, we have to do a structured clinical interview using questions which mm-hmm. have been formulated based on the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. So the percentages that you are seeing are really people who are having symptoms based on the screening tool that mirrors somebody who's suffering from a major depressive disorder or a generalized anxiety disorder. So usually when people score within this range in routine clinical practice, it calls for further evaluation. And therefore, if we are seeing a situation where about one in four people are meeting this basic threshold for major depressive Mm. disorder or or generalized anxiety disorder, it means people who are really having, you know, subjective feelings of feeling depressed or feeling anxious should be seeking some form of intervention. But you can imagine we have a population of about 4 million in, in Alberta, and if you have about 2 million going to seek intervention, that's going to be very chaotic, which is why yes. interventions like Text for Hope Yes, are, are there hopefully to kind of be able to support as many people as possible, so that the few that need the intervention can be able to receive it. The uh, the number around stress um, that that the eighty five percent of respondents reported moderate to high stress. Now eighty the eighty five percent doesn't necessarily surprise me given what we've been going through, but moderate to high might uh, like I, I would expect that most folks would be dealing with stress through all of this. When I look at moderate to high, that is really worrisome. Is that worrisome for you? Well, it, it definitely is worrisome. But I said, as I said before, if you look at the level of disruption to people's lives and the general uncertainty that came with the COVID and, and, and people in, people's income being decimated as a result of yeah. of the pandemic, then, you know, it's, 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 it's not expected. But at the same time, there, there seems to be some justification for, for the high levels that we are seeing. 
When you talked about um, 54%, one of the things that the, the study showed um, was that 54% of people had begun washing their hands very often or in, a speci- or in a special way. Now, we were told to wash our hands very often, um, and, 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 you're, and, and this is suggesting that it could be considered a symptom of obsessive compulsive disorder. I mean, is that is that a pretty far reach or, you know, you know, when we're told to wash our hands and to wash them, you know, do the full ABCD or sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, I mean, that could be considered a special way, couldn't it? It, it very much could, which is why we are not uh, saying that is diagnostic of obsessive compulsive disorder. We do expect that quite a number of people will have their symptoms resolved, hopefully, as the COVID pandemic goes away. But at the same time, we are looking at the compulsion to wash hands, and we are also looking at the preoccupation with actually catching an infection. Yes, we are all kind of very scared about this COVID and doing our very best. But if people become preoccupied, if people are on a minute-by-minute basis or a day-to-day basis kind of thinking of this very repeatedly and, and performing the act of washing their hands in a more excessive way, it fits into their anxiety, which is why we are seeing correlation between those who are actually developing these new symptoms and the level of stress, anxiety, and depression. So, Dr. Egyapong, with all of this information that you've been able to collect, what what can you do with this? What can what can we do with this moving forward? Um, you know, I don't know if it's best case practices moving forward. I know, um, you know, you've used stuff like this in the past for for other things, but what's your plans now? Well, so as I said before, this actually means that the population level intervention, which is cheap, which is actually able to have far-reaching effects at the population level to reduce the psychological burden whenever any tragedy happens. Because we saw similar rates of anxiety, depression, and stress. For example, after the Fort McMurray wildfire, I mean, Alberta has seen wildfires in other places. Now we have the mm-hmm. pandemic, we've had flooding, we've had you know, so many other disasters that happen on a population level. We can never have enough psychologists or psychiatrists to be able to address the issues that come up at the population level. But we can be able to kind of leverage technology, things like supported text messaging through the Text for Hope program, online cognitive behavioral therapy, and other technology-based interventions should be scaled up on a population level whenever there is a natural disaster so that we reduce the number of people who are reliant on mm. human resource intensive interventions will be what the suggestion would be. We've not yet published the outcomes of our six weeks evaluation, but I'll give you one key finding that we're going to publish in a couple of weeks. We found out that if we compare those who enrolled at the, on the Text for Hope program at a certain time point and have received six weeks of intervention compared to those who have just enrolled. So we compare mm. their six-week outcome measures with the baseline measures of the people who have enrolled within the same time frame. Those who have received intervention for six weeks have suicidal ideation at a rate of 16%. For us, those mm. who have just enrolled have suicidal ideation at 26%. 
So you can see that those who have enrolled and received daily support text messages have significantly lower rates of suicidal thinking compared to those who have just enrolled. And therefore, Interesting. the intervention definitely seems to be helping. And this can reach millions of people simultaneously compared to face-to-face -face interventions. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Dr. Egyepong, I always appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, joining us and thanks for the continued insight into this. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, Dr. Vincent Agupong joining us this afternoon. He, uh, you know, is the project lead on that Text for Hope service. And we've been following it, uh, of course, you know, through the pandemic. I know a number of you have signed up for it. I signed up for it. And what's the other one that I'm signed up for? There was two of them. There was Text for Hope and Text for Mood. Uh, when my Text for Hope stopped, because it was a six, three-month thing or a six-month thing, um, then I enrolled into the, the Text for Mood. And it's, you know, it's not kind of you know every <laughs> every morning around nine o'clock I get a text and you think sooner or later I'd realize that it's uh you know it's just that um, but you know today's was do not look back you're not going that way except what is let go of what was and believe what will be and you know some folks you know might think um, little little words or little messages like that on a daily ba basis are you know, a bunch of uh, hokey, um, but there's a lot of folks uh, who certainly uh, believe that. We all find our we all find our, our ways. You know, maybe you sit down with uh, you know a good piece of music, or maybe you go for um, a walk every morning. Maybe you read your Bible. Maybe you read a great book. What whatever it is, I think there's there's many people who have found that. Well, they they had it before, but I think a lot of people did find it during all of this as well, or 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 certainly looked for it and we're open we're open to it right you know i i know my mom you know sits down every morning with um a book of inspirational quotes and uh, some some religious readings and and she is quite you know that that grounds her you know some folks it's you know maybe it's you know the church of the gym or whatever it is or church of music I you know but um, that the text for hope thing I, I've really enjoyed over the past uh, number uh, of months without a doubt and it's interesting because when you compare and you look at some of the stuff what happened with Fort McMurray because they did something similar after the Fort McMurray fires and, and the numbers there. But yeah, I would suggest, you know, there's there's still a long way to go when it comes to mental health. And I mean, Dr. Gans joins us once a month on this show and he'll check in this Wednesday at three o'clock. But making sure that, you know, that we have affordable service and, avo and, and, and affordable care because one of the things, you know, it, it can, can be pricey, right? Um, you know, I know even you know, the coverage that uh, I get through, uh, you know, the company that I work for would cover a, a couple of, of sessions, um, but it's not going to, to cover months <laughs> of sessions. And um, we've talked to different organizations in this community who offer that sliding scale. So they are out there. So if you are, you know, if you're if you're, you know, just treading water, if you've just got your nose uh, above the waves and, and you're and you're and you're feeling it, 
there there is there is help out there and of course there's the the mental health line it's 18773032642 you can always always turn to that and uh, they can point you in the right direction but uh, there are a couple of outfits in this city and in Calgary that um, have that as i mentioned that sliding scale so it's not crazy crazy uh, um, expensive i think of momentum health uh, walk in clinic that uh, that being one of them so 